Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment, a show where I will offer my picks for each and every day's matches at the 2022 Australian Open. Now, there is no denying, Day 2's picks did not go the way we were hoping for here at CRHQ. We go 2-4, and four, down 1.18 units overall. There's no excuse. We have to be better moving forward. We will be better moving forward. That is my guarantee to all of you listeners. I will point out... For the third time in the first two days of competition, we lost a game spread by just one game. We had Rabaka to minus five and a half. She ends up beating Serena Diaz by five games. That one certainly hurt. We came oh so close to hitting our underdog parlay. Stevie Johnson earning a five-set victory over Jordan Thompson. John Isner overcoming a two-sets-to-love deficit to force a fifth. Unfortunately, it was his opponent, Maxine Cressy, taking that deciding set. I should have just split them up bet them individually, guaranteed that if one of them win, we were going to make money on both of those underdogs. Unfortunately, I got a bit adventurous. I got a bit aggressive. That is a regret of mine. That is something I will correct moving forward. I did have two just wrong picks on the day, my first two stinkers of the tournament. I thought Ugo and Bear played very well, earning a win over Daniil Medvedev, playing three sets against Demon Hour, two close sets against Berrettini at the ATP Cup. He did not bring that form into yesterday's match against Richard Gasquet. Gasquet earning a four-set victory. I was also wrong about Victoria Golubic. And again, that's going to happen, but it's a glass-half-full approach here at CR. Let's focus on the victories. Camille Matrizak covering his money line, earning a straight-set victory in round number one. Also an all-time cover from Yannick Sinner. Needed a 6-1 or better third set to cover his eight-and-a-half game spread. He ends up earning that 6-1 third set that we needed covering on the day. Where did that leave us? 2-4, and four, down 1.18 units overall for the tournament. We are now 6-7, and seven, down 0.27 units overall. About where we want to be, I mean, certainly you'd rather be positive, but first two days of action, you got to figure out who's playing well, who isn't. Get a feel for the draw, get a feel for the action, how it may unfold moving forward. I feel like we have done that, and as such, I'm feeling pretty good. Heading into day three's matches, certainly the action heats up. We've got round of 64 play for the men and women's singles competition. Certainly the matches only going to get more intense. The margins only going to get thinner as we move forward. That said, I think we've got winners on our hand. I am feeling good about these day three picks. We've gotten finally to see everyone play once. And with that, again, feel for the field. That's the theme of today's show. With that in mind... Let's get to it. Here are my picks for day threes, GSP's aces of the day. Let's start where we always start, with the money lines. The individual matches, I think, offer us the most opportunity to put some cash in our pockets. And another reminder, 
All of these odds come from our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Perhaps the odds you are getting with your book is slightly different. Still, the theme of these picks, I think, hold. Uh, I would also point out, as always, I'm going to refer to our friends over at Tennis Abstract for their draw forecasts, those sorts of percentages, those sorts of stats, all publicly available, tennisabstract.com. Shout out to Jeff Sackman and his team. With that in mind, again, the individual matches I like, and I'm not going to bet an individual match unless it's certainly minus 200 or less. If it's an individual match, I prefer to bet the underdogs because, again, you just get better value on those sorts of plays. And, you know, again, which matches are in those range on the day? I think the Marta Kostyuk Sarah Soribes Tormo match is a perfect matchup for Kostyuk, who, as such, is a minus 190 favorite over Cerebus Tormo. Now, Cerebus Tormo was excellent on hard courts last season, and if you look at Tennis Abstract's forecast for the match, they actually have Cerebus Tormo as a slight favorite, 56.8% to Kostyuk's 43.2%. So that does give me some hesitation, and there's just a physicality Cerebus Tormo plays with. Yeah, her first serve, her second serve, it's the same serve, very attackable, and Kostyuk's clicking, striking the ball well. She's going to be on her front foot. That's why she's the favorite. That's why you know people gambling on this match have backed her to make her the favorite. That match is fascinating. And again, I would lean Kostyuk. I do think she has the power advantage, the discipline, and then again, she's a sneaky good mover. I don't know what Cerebus Tormo does to hurt her other than with her rigorous consistency. If you're going to bet that match, I'd go over two and a half sets at plus 140. I'd also lean Kostyuk at the minus 190, but that's one to keep your eyes on. I think Benchich and Isamova is a toss-up tomorrow as well. Two hard-hitting players. First strike, tennis is going to be so crucial. Holding serve, so crucial. Not expecting a lot of five-plus shot rallies. Again, these players are going to play to the open space, try to take that ball early on the rise, try to end the shots and the rallies on their terms. Over two and a half sets, plus 130. I like more than the money line in either case. I'd go Benchich minus 175. I just think Anisimova's playing better. Benchich, is, Benchich looks like she's playing the best, and I think the best tennis of her life, personally. I think she's moving extraordinarily well. She looked great against Mladenovic, really good in her warm-up event as well before she got knocked out three sets, I believe, by Paula Bedosa. I'd go Benchich minus 175 if I'm going to lead anyway in that match, and perhaps that's something you like. Maybe you throw that Kostyuk Benchich minus 190, minus 175 into a parlay. A little too risky for me to try that today, but those are two reasonable odds uh, favorites that I like from a money line perspective. In terms of the underdogs, you're going to find value in betting Pedro Martinez, both from the tennis abstract and DraftKings side. Martinez plus 105 tomorrow against seeded Christian Green. You look for Christian Green, who, of course, 3-10, and 10, I believe, in hardcourt matches last year. Yeah, Green's the number 16 seed. According to Tennis Abstract, Pedro Martinez, 55.7% favorite to win the match. Green coming off of a five-set win over Bagnus in his first round. Martinez, four sets over Del Bonis. Don't think either played particularly well. Both have the physicality needed in three out of five set tennis. And again, if I'm going to bet anything in that match, I probably bet the over three and a half sets, which is minus 200. Think that tells you, yeah, the, the books know this match is going to be a battle. And one of the things I learned from the first two days, maybe we should just start doing that, grabbing the over three and a half sets, even if it's not the best value. Just so many of these men's matches, both of these players end up stealing the set. I'm going to stay away from that one. Alley Risk, plus 135 over Ostapenko is interesting. Risk's playing some great ball. Beat Vekic easily in her first-round match. Ostapenko stretched to three sets, but always nervous to bet on Ostapenko unless you, you know she's clicking on all cylinders because when she's clicking on all cylinders, she can beat anyone. When she's not, 
she can lose any match she plays. So I'd probably lean risk from a consistency. <laughs> risk is the more consistent here. Risk is less risky. Hey, great shot. Um, but again, stay away from me. Greek Spore plus 205 over Crano Busta. Greek Spore's won, I believe, 28 consecutive matches. And I know the majority of them have been at the challenger level. Go watch him play. And because Crano Busta doesn't hit with heavy pace or heavy spin, I don't know if he's got that glaring weapon to attack the Greek Spore forehand with. And Greek Spore's forehand is the more dynamic of his two wings, but it's a bigger backswing. And you think with pace, you could attack that Greek Spore forehand because he will leave that ball short uh, when pressured with pace. How consistently is Crano Busta going to be able to do that? Certainly physically, this will be Greek Spore's toughest task to date. And, you know, Crano Busta is not going to give him anything easy. He's going to play with great depth as he always does. That match is interesting. If you're looking for a seed to go down unexpectedly on the day, Greeks for plus 205 might be my favorite play from the men's side. Well, second favorite, as you'll soon see. Uh, Elena Gabriela Russa plus 230 over Kuder Matova. That match feels destined for three sets, and we'll get to the over-unders in a second. But the money line I like the most on the day belongs to an American. And it was an American that delivered us the goods on day one. We're going to go back to that formula here on day three. Did Matthew McDonald play great against Nikola Miljevic in his four-set first-round win? No, he did not. Do the numbers love Mackie in his matchup today against number 18 seed Aslan Karatsev? No, they don't. You look from the tennis abstract perspective, Karatsev, 76.4% favorite to advance in this match. You look for Aslan Karatsev, 29-12. and 12. In his last 52 weeks on hard courts, he's won six consecutive matches dating back to the start of his Sydney title run last week. But that, my friends, is one of the key factors as we head into this match. And we talked about this on the Mini Break podcast where listeners can go hear recaps of each and every day's play at the Australian Open. Karatsev was gassed. And, I, I, you know, he hit, what, 107 unforced errors against Munar? In his round of 128 match, a match he ends up winning in a five-set, you know, five-hour thriller. It's a lot of tennis on the body, and obviously he's coming off of the four wins the week prior, where he beat Murray, Evans, Sinego, Kasmenovic, all physical matches as well. Those Evan, that Evans match in particular in the semifinal, extraordinarily physical. Now, yes, he's had a day off, and yes, these guys are professional athletes. I think Mackey puts a ton of pressure on you, though. If you're Aslan Karatsev, it's not the sort of grind. You know, Munar, perhaps a more physical grind, and then he's going to put that extra ball in play, and he's going to force you to hit extra shot after extra shot in each rally, but he's not going to stretch you the way Mackie McDonald stretches you, and he's not going to put you on your back foot, get you in the outer thirds, force you to hit passing shots the way a clicking Mackie McDonald does on a hard court. And let's be clear, Mackie McDonald's defending fourth-round points here in Australia this year, and obviously you look for Mackie, who's 18-17 and 17 overall, in his last 52 weeks of play on hard courts, that includes a run to the City Open final, where it wasn't the toughest draw, but he beat everyone he was supposed to beat. I thought played really well against Nishikori in a three-set victory, fantastic against Sinner in a three-set loss, and I think that match is actually a match to look towards as you look at this match, because I think the heavy topspin of the cards have forehand and you know the pace he hits with on the backhand side. Mackie loves to absorb, redirect, topspin pace that's given to him and he's such an exceptional athlete that he's able to do that take that ball early on the rise beat you to the spot he's got the quickness to make magic happen in the outer thirds as well I think it's a fresh Mackie a good matchup for Mackie and I think it's a worn down Karatsev and I think all of those things lead to value at Mackie plus 145 and again the numbers suggest Karatsev should win this match and if he did have a good day of recovery yesterday if he's got you know 
fuel in the tank. This, you know, Karatsev absolutely can still win this one because he does have the weapons. And, you know, Mackie struggles on his serve normally. Karatsev was a top 15 returner last year amongst top 50 players, was breaking serve over 25% of the time. But Karatsev also only held 80.6% of the time, which is a good number. You know, it's right about average amongst the top 50. But Mackie is an exceptional returner. And if you have an elite serve, then his lack of, you know, then his 5'11", 5'10", however tall he is, that size, well, he might be a little taller than that. He might be six foot. Point being, that size gets in the way when you've got that sort of serve. I don't think Karatsev has that sort of elite heavy serve to really get into the Mackie body. I think Mackie's going to have looks on the return. I think Mackie's the fitter of the two players entering the match, just given the wear and tear on Karatsev's body. And again, matchup-wise, Mackie's going to get to say, oh, thank you for that heavy topspin on the forehand. Watch me on the run slap this ball by you. This match is going to be exceptional shot making, two extraordinary ball strikers. I'm going with the underdog. Give me Mackie McDonald to reach a, cons- a second consecutive round of 32 in Australia. They'd knock off number 18 seed Aslan Karatsev at plus 145. We're going to only put a quarter of a unit on it because, you know, again, Karatsev's won five in a row, and he managed, despite making 100-plus unforced errors, to still beat Munar in round number one. But give me Mackie quarter of a unit to win 0.62 in return plus 145 that is our underdog money line pick of the day with that in mind to move on next to the over-unders and the spreads and so many good matches of course as we continue to progress we'll get more and more invested in these over-unders in these game spreads as well because that's where we're going to find the value moving forward in terms of the women's side over two and a half sets, Azarenka Teichman, which might be the match of the day uh, to watch on the women's side. Certainly, Vika Azarenka, big favorite, according to Tennis Abstract's uh, forecast moving forward. They have her seventh in terms of most likely to win the tournament, 4.8%. We've all seen what a peaking Vika can do. Just look back to 2020, where she wins the Western Southern Open title, makes the final of the U.S. Open before getting knocked out by Osaka. Teichman, though, Western Southern Open finalist, lefty, going to get Vika stretched in the outer thirds of the court, and I think that movement is where Vika is struggling right now more than she was in 2020. She's striking the ball as well as ever. But if Teichman serves well, gets plus one opportunities, can keep Vika from dictating in the center of the court, that match gets interesting real quick. Over two and a half sets at plus 160, very, very interesting. Over two and a half sets in Sakari Zhang, plus 160. Zhang's just playing really well. And if you want to hear more about her, go listen to our women's draw preview. Uh, David Gertler gives a great piece about how excellent she was in qualifying. That's interesting. I already said Bencha Janisimova, plus 130. That's indicative. DraftKings thinks that match is going the distance as well. Ostapenko Risk, plus 135. Sure. Pagula Para, plus 150. Cerebus Torma, plus 140. Georgie Martinsova over two and a half sets plus 140 just because you never know what you're going to get from Georgie. Kudermatova Rusa plus 150 and then Zinevska Parizas Diaz plus 130. I feel like that makes sense as well, right? Because who's going to win that match? Not sure any of us know for sure. In terms of the over-unders on the men's side, players who I think could steal sets. Hanifman against Nadal. If Yannick's hitting that kick serve out wide, serving and volleying, moving forward, just taking time and space away from Rafa... You know, again, and he's six foot four, six foot five, six foot six, very comfortable swinging through his two-handed backhand. Will like the heavy topspin of the Rafa forehand. Will like it, like it as much as anyone can like it. And being able to bunt down and redirect that spin and pace, I think there's a world where Hanifman shot makes his way to a set in the match against Rafa. 
plus 170 is pretty solid odds uh, as a long shot bet there. And of course, look, I do think Rafa's going to break him down. I don't, you know, Yahanovan loves to hit that kick serve out wide on the ad side. That's right to the Rafa forehand. He'll be seven feet behind the baseline, ripping that ball as hard as possible as a passing shot. Hanifin covers the net extraordinarily well. And again, he's got the length, the wingspan, the movement. He's got nothing to lose as well. Already won a first-round match here, so not only does he get that check, he gets those points. That's a good long shot set. Kozlov, if he, he's such a good returner, will find the Berrettini backhand. The problem being Kozlov just doesn't hit with overwhelming pace, so Berrettini will have time to run around that ball, hit the forehand, and obviously the serve for Berrettini, it's elite against any returner. Plus 100 there, odds aren't good enough for me to hit it, but I do think there's a world where Kozlov takes a set. You know, some balanced matchups on the day. Karatsev McDonald over three and a half sets. I think that's a lock at minus 180. Elbot Vukic minus 190. Sinego Ota minus 175. As mentioned, Green Martinez minus 200. Kofor's had a lot of success against Opelka, so minus 180 there over three and a half sets. I think there's a world where Kofor takes a set for sure. Kasmenovic is going to grind. TP should beat him in straights. So that's why I'm staying away, but minus 180. PCB Greek score, minus 165. I like Greek score to take a set in that match. Hachinov, Bonzi, minus 150. If Bublik serves well, minus 135 against Monfils. Absolutely possible. Once more, we're going to stay away from the uh, from the over-unders. Just one more day, because again, I, I really want to see as the level of competition rises, how do these players respond? I think by round three, we have a feel for how all of them are playing, and as such, we can perhaps get a better, uh, we can you know feel more comfortable in making the suggestions, hey, these matches are going to go the distance, because again, it's a physical question for so many of these players at the beginning of the season. With that said, though, there are a couple of spreads that I love on the day, and you know, if you want to get adventurous on the women's side, Svitolina minus five and a half games, Krechikova minus five and a half games, minus one twenty-five odds versus Wang and Tan, respectively. I like those. Sakari minus three and a half games over Zhang, just minus one sixty-five is not worth it. There, Keys minus four and a half games over Christian, minus one fifty-five is interesting, but we're going to use Keys elsewhere. You know, again, the five and a half games is a lot of games we've learned. Unless you are certain a match is going to be a blowout. And I am certain Naomi Osaka is going to blow out Madison Brangle in round number two. Osaka played extraordinarily well in her first round match, a tricky one against Kami Osorio. And, you know, key thing being Osaka served really, really, really well throughout the match. She went up 4-0, kind of blinked for a second, took her foot off the gas, but then, you know, so solid on serve in sets number one, uh, one and two. And, you know, again, I just think Kami Osorio has more weapons than Madison Brangle does. Brangle hit one winner against Diana Yastrzemska. If you can't take the ball off Naomi Osaka's racket, if you are allowing her to play at her terms in each and every rally, she's just going to blow the ball, uh, ball by you. And, you know, again, is there a world where Osaka does take the foot off the gas pedal because she's up 6-0-5-1? Like, yeah, absolutely. But I, I'm like, I think there's a world where Osaka blitzes, you know, six consecutive games in this match, seven consecutive games in this match, just winner after winner, you know, the backhand's clicking, the forehand's clicking. Again, I think she's moving really well, so I don't know what Brangle's going to do to hurt her. I just think it's a very bad matchup for Madison Brangle, who has been exceptional over the last 52 weeks, 40 and 27 overall, 60% win percentage. She's back up to number 54 in the rankings, right where you want to be as you enter your age 31, age 32 season. You look for her, though, 7-32 and 32 
in her last uh, or in her career against top twenty opponents. Her last three victories against top twenty opponents, all coming on grass courts. Her last hard court victory over a top twenty opponent over Serena Williams in Auckland, three sets, twenty seventeen. You know, prior to that, Dubai she beats Kvitova three sets, twenty sixteen. But not a ton of success for her. You know, I think, and then you go back 2015, 2014. Uh, 2015, she beat Pekovic in three sets. Pekovic is not the quality of player, respectfully, that Osaka is now. I just think this, again, if you don't have the weapons to hurt Naomi Osaka, how the hell are you going to beat her? And I don't think Bringle has the weapons to hurt her. Whether it's in the rally, whether it's with the serve, I just think this match is squarely on Osaka's rack, and she's playing well enough to blow Bringle out here, show the rest of the field. She saw that Barty 0-1 win over Serenko, and so, you know, again, uh, I think Osaka wins this match. Uh, minus 5.5 games feels like, you know, again, that's a 3-3 three and three victory or better. I think she covers that and then some. Minus 150, not the best odds. We're throwing a full unit on it. That's how confident I am. Osaka's going to... And again, she was my pick to win this tournament, so that sticks with that theme. Minus 150, a full unit on this one to win .66 in return. You know, speaking of... uh, You know, we talked through the women's side there. Let's go through the men's now quickly. I think Shapo's going to beat Sunwoo Kwan. Kwan coming off of a physical five-set match against Runa. Shapoval, a four-set win, but he was always in control. Just wasn't playing particularly well against Laszlo Jure. That's that's just not enough games. Like, if Shapo plays well, he'll win that match in straight sets, I think, comfortably. But I'm, I'm going to use him later. Tommy Paul, minus three and a half games over Kesmenovic. If Tommy plays his best, he'll cover that. Minus 135, interesting. I don't get why odds makers, they, they think something's up. And that quarantine mute might give Sebastian Corda some difficulties here today. I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, Mute also left. Yeah, he plays the angles. Yeah, he plays the drop shot. But if Cam Norrie couldn't hurt Corda, how is quarantine Mute going to? Minus four and a half games at minus 110. We should hit that. If I wasn't using Corda elsewhere, I would hit that. But we're going to leave it uh, for now. But I, I think that's a lock in terms of something that will hit on the day. Some other interesting ones. Hatchinov, Hercat, Zverev, all five and a half games or higher. Vukic minus three and a half games over Elbot minus 120. Vukic should win that match. That's how well he's hitting the serve, the forehand, the backhand. Some underdogs, Martinez, McDonald. But again, I like the McDonald money line more than I like the game spread. With that said, again, another favorite I just think is going to steamroll through tomorrow's match. Oh, and by the way, I should have mentioned this for Naomi Osaka here today. Comfortable favorite, 84.2% to Madison Bringles, 15.8%. You want an even more lopsided favorite, according to Tennis Abstract? Carlos Alcaraz, 91.6% favorite over the Deuce, Dusan Lajevic today. Of course, I understand for Carlos Alcaraz, still very early in his career and, you know, coming off of COVID, he really hasn't competed in that many Grand Slams before in his career, but I mean, 2-2-3 two, two, and three in his first round over Alejandro Tabilo, he cruised, and by the way, that means he covered an 11, or 10.5 game spread in that match. We're getting him at 6.5 games in this one, minus 145, and you look for the deuce in his career, he's 6-29. and 29 in hard court matches against top 20 opponents. Now, last year, he beat both Medvedev and FAA in Rotterdam and Canada, respectfully. But, you know, again, I I just, I know the Deuce earned a first-round win as well in his match, and I believe that first-round win, I want to say, came over Marton Fucevic. Indeed, it did in five sets. You keep that in mind where you get a fresh Carlos Alcaraz, just so much bite on his forehand into that one-handed backhand of the Deuce. 
yeah, Lajovic will on the forehand wing that heavy topspin. He'll take some opportunity to just absorb, redirect that Alcaraz pace. He'll hit some forehand winners in this match. I just don't think he has the consistency, the physicality, and I think from a weakness perspective, Alcaraz can attack that backhand wing with pace. I think this is a blowout for Alcaraz, and I think there's a reason you look at uh, Tennis Abstract, you look at DraftKings, Alcaraz right now, according to Tennis Abstract, uh, the fourth favorite to take home the title now. It's only a 5.2% chance, but Alcaraz, fourth favorite according to Tennis Abstract, sixth favorite according to DraftKings. He's now a 25-1 to bet to win the freaking title. Again, win the freaking title. This kid is 18 years old. That's a testament to his talent. That's a testament to his consistency. I think he blows out the deuce tomorrow. I think it's, uh, you know, again, Again, a comfortable straight set victory. If it is, he'll cover the minus six and a half games. That's six four, six four, six three. I think we can expect that or better. Give me Alcaraz minus six and a half games over the deuce. Again, full unit bet. I have faith in you, Carlito. You've got those new biceps. Let's put them to good use. Full unit bet on that to win .68 in return. Those are your money line over under picks. Now, of course, it would not be an ace of the day segment without a parlay or a look at the futures bets. Just quickly to talk about the futures bets. Some players I would uh, bet on to win the tournament right now. Barty plus 250. I think that's a good bet, and if you're going to do that and you can only bet on a second player, you'd go Osaka plus 650, because I think whoever wins that matchup, prospective round of 16, will be the favorite as we move through the rest of this uh, tournament. Sviantek looked damn good in her first round win. She looked damn good in the warm-up events as well. She's the only player to make the round of 16 at every slam last year, looking to take another step forward here this season and to back up that 2020 French Open title. 10-1 to to win the tournament. That one's intriguing. And then Madison Keys, 35-1. to 1. If you're going to hit a long shot, and there are a lot of long shots out there on the women's side, they're like, I think, 14 players within 50-1 to 1 odds. That's probably my favorite of all of them. Of course, Barty, Osaka, plus 100, plus 225, respectively, to win quarter number one. I think that is a pretty fair lock as well. You look on the men's side... You know, Medvedev plus 150, Zverev plus 300. I guess if you're going to bet two, those are probably the two to bet. Rafa plus 500 is not for me. Tsitsipas plus 1400. He looked better yesterday. That one certainly has become more intriguing, but it's the young guns, and it has been from the start. Sinner 18 to 1, Alcaraz 25 to 1. I think if so, if it's not Zverev or Medvedev, it's going to be one of those guys, and it's going to be one of those. Oh, the next gen's ready now. Um, sort of moments. As such, Alcaraz plus 225, Korda plus 600 to win the Djokovic Korda. Now that that sec- uh, quarter, now that that section is wide open, Korda. Hey, great shot. Now that that quarter is wide open, those intrigue me. Sinner Tsitsipas to win quarter three plus 200 plus 250. I think it's going to be one of those guys. So if you bet accordingly, you can lock in some uh, victories there. And then FAA, plus 900 to win quarter number four. I know it was five sets for him against Rusevori, but Rusevori played really well. FAA did not serve particularly well, yet still managed to win the match. If it's not going to be Medvedev, it's going to be FAA. So him, plus 900, I think is an intriguing one. But no futures bets today. Still, again, let me watch one more round, get a feel for everyone in the field. So many matches, right? So it's hard to lock in on everyone on those early days. I do have three parlays for you, and we'll rock and roll through them fairly quickly here. Three players I just think are locks to win. I think Madison Keys beats Jacqueline Christine. I just made the point, you know, she beats Sonia Kennan. She's had the day off. Two out of three isn't three out of five the way it is for Karatsev. And, you know, again, given the ball striking, the front, for, uh, front foot, you know, five shots or less sort of tennis she tries to play. 
yes, it's obviously physically taxing, but I just think she's got more juice left in the tank. And I think with Coco Golf falling, she sees her pathway to the second week. Now she's going to trip up. It will probably be this match when we least expect it. But I just don't think from a tennis perspective, Christine can do anything to hurt Keys, particularly when she's playing this confidently. Minus 500 is lofty for Keys. But obviously, that means we get to throw her in a parlay. And I mentioned this one earlier. What does Quarantine Mute do to hurt Sebastian Corda? What am I not seeing here? Why is Corda only minus 230 and not minus 300, minus 400? Clearly, they think the drop shots, the slices, are going to break the rhythm of Corda. I just disagree. I think he blitzes Mute again. What can Mute do to hurt Corda if Nori couldn't do anything? I think Corda rolls... I think Alex Vukic rolls as well. I know it was a dramatic, mentally, physically, emotionally taxing four-set victory for him over Lloyd Harris in round one. You know, Radu Elbot is the ultimately letdown loss after that sort of victory. Vukic minus 210, right in that stinker sort of range where they're almost baiting you into throwing him into a parlay. But go watch Vukic serve. Go watch him hit the forehand. Look how, again, the guy is jacked. And I just think physically he will be fought entering today's match. I also think, you know, again... He's hitting the backhand so well. What does Elbot do to hurt him? I don't know. And so plus 154, Vukic's confidence. He'll have the home crowd behind him as well. Or, excuse me, Vukic minus 210. Uh, I think that's a lock as well. You throw those three together. Keys, Korda, Vukic. Plus 154 odds. Let's throw half a unit on that to win .77 in return. That's parlay number one. Parlay number two, it's an all-American parlay. You throw Keys and quarterback in the mix, and I hate to double up, but I loved the narrative. These are all four players who should win today. Keys, Korda, Tommy Paul minus 250 over Kesmenovic. Of course, the moment you count Kesmenovic out, that's when he strikes, but Tommy should win this match. Riley Opelka should also beat Dom Kofer, who he's never beaten before in his pro career, but Riley's fit. The only guy who's broken him here in 2022 is Andy Murray. Give me Opelka minus 240, Paul minus 250. Parlay them with the Keys quarter money lines plus 241. Now we're talking, folks. All-American parlay, quarter of a unit on that to win .6 in return. And then we're going to throw four other locks, in my opinion, in a parlay as well. Again, Svitolina minus 650. She should win. Hatchinov minus 475 over Benjamin Bonzi. Bonzi's been great on the challenger circuit over the past 12 months. The serve, the forehand of Hatchinov, it's a different level. I think he's playing really well. Three out of five sets, his bread and butter. I think he wins. Shapovalov, again, got the ugly match out of the way. I think he plays better against a tired Quan who was physical five sets against Rune. Give me Shapovalov here. And then again, Maria Sakari may be pushed, but she should win her match. And if you parlay those four favorites together, Svitolina, Hatchinov, Shapovalov, Sakari, plus 126. Not great odds for a four-player parlay, but again... All of these players I listed should win. Like, I'm, I'm having tough time in my mind envisioning what a loss for them looks like, except for Shapovalov in this instance, who I think the inconsistent Shapovalov we can all picture at this point. But I feel pretty good about all of these picks today, folks. I think day three is going to be uh, pretty good. I should feel very good about all of them. But I'm saying there's an extra dose of confidence. I think day three is going to go. You see how I snuck in this there because I forgot that? There's an extra dose of confidence here I'm feeling very good 
about day three. So to recap, our picks here on the day give me the Mackey underdog money line, plus 145 over Karatsev, a quarter of a unit to win 0.62. Osaka, minus five and a half games over Brangle, minus 150, one unit to win 0.66. Alcaraz, minus six and a half games over the Deuce, minus 145, one unit to win 0.68. A Keys, Korda, Vukic, money line parlay, plus 154, half a unit to win 0.77. All-American parlay, Keys, Paul, Opelka, Korda, plus 241, quarter of a unit to win 0.6. And then four favorites who pretty damn sure should win. Svitolina, Hachinov, Shapovalov, Sakri, plus 126, quarter of a unit to win 0.31. Those are your day three picks for our GSP Aces of the Day. Now, as always, you want to hear a recap of all the action happening in Melbourne. Head on over to our mini break podcast feed. We're breaking it down each and every day. Match of the day segments for our Crack Rackets Patreon family as well. If you're interested in supporting our work, you can find out more by going to our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. For the immediate updates, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Crack Rackets. I'm at A.L. Gruskin. If you want to chirp or suggest any of my picks moving forward, with all of that said, we hope you all enjoy Day 3's action at the 2022 Australian Open. And as always, may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.